Greetings. My name is Scott Swanstrom. I am the host of Mind Redefined, lifting the stigma around mental health. And today's episode is suicide prevention and mental health awareness. And we have a special guest, Anna Guy, with the Department of Children and Families. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm really excited about our conversation, and it seems like we're really starting to spread some awareness in regards to suicide prevention and really uh, pulling back the curtain for all of our listeners on what that can look like for them. But before we get into it, I do want to ask the question, what is one thing that you are celebrating today? Yeah, that's a great question. Today, we're celebrating a successful meeting of our Suicide Prevention Coordinating Council. So we just had one last week. It was our first in-person and Zoom meeting hybrid. So it was great to see everybody and see everybody smiles. What a timely opportunity for a meeting like that. And especially coming hopefully to the end of a pandemic season where we're really starting to address some serious topics and really, really in the end, saving a lot of lives through that opportunity. Share with us your role and some of the project initiatives that you were working on regarding suicide prevention. Of course. So I am the director of the statewide office for suicide prevention that's housed within the Department of Children and Families, specifically the Office of Substance Abuse and Mental Health. I primarily focus on propagating suicide prevention efforts across the state of Florida. So as chair of that suicide prevention coordinating council, I work to foster collaboration and the implementation of what's called the 2020 to 2023 Florida Suicide Prevention Interagency Action Plan. So that's kind of our strategic plan for Florida in terms of suicide prevention efforts. Within my position, I also help to propel the efforts of Florida's First Responders Suicide Deterrence Task Force. So that's a task force that's charged with addressing suicide-related experiences among Florida's first responders. So there's kind of a lot of different areas that we're working on for suicide prevention. And you asked about some of our main projects and initiatives. Some of the main ones that we're really excited about right now is we're currently planning for the implementation of the three-digit National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. That's scheduled to occur in July of 2022. So we're trying to make sure that we as a state are ready for that transition. And then another really cool initiative that we're doing is our Special Populations Committee. That's a part of the Suicide Prevention Coordinating Council. They're trying to focus each month on one of our special populations that's identified in that interagency action plan. And they do that by disseminating targeted educational materials. So we're trying to kind of target social media platforms of various stakeholders each month, kind of focus on a different population. So those are some of the fun things that we've been doing in our office and kind of across collaboration across our different agencies. Excellent. We're really excited about that 988 number that's going to start its implementation here soon. And hopefully that gets here sooner than later. So what are some risk factors and warning signs that someone should look for regarding suicidal ideations or something in concern regards to major depression? Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that you asked that because learning about the warning signs is really the first step in helping to prevent suicide. It's really good to know them since they can indicate that a person may be at risk for suicide or some of these are, as you mentioned, are also kind of with depressive symptoms as well. When I talk about warning signs, I like to think of them in three different categories, talk, mood, and behavior. So in particular, we're looking for changes in these different areas. So for example, if a friend or family member is talking about being a burden, 
on the people that they loved or they love. And if they're feeling unbearable pain, maybe even explicitly saying that they're thinking about killing themselves, thoughts about kind of feeling trapped or having no reason to live. Those are all indicators that they may be having thoughts of suicide or thoughts of death. In that mood category, it's when somebody or yourself might be feeling kind of depressed, losing interest in some of those things that you usually enjoy, having intense rage that seem to come out of nowhere, also feelings of humiliation, anxiety, and some irritability that seems to be not kind of in their normal personality. Those all may be indicators of suicide risk. And then finally, in that third category, behavior, if all of a sudden your friend's kind of withdrawing and is not responding to you or kind of isolating themselves from other people, things like acting recklessly, So somebody who has never wanted to go skydiving is all of a sudden doing some kind of, you know, crazy stunts that may be a little bit reckless. Other behaviors include more or less sleep, tendency to say goodbye, or even giving away some of their prized possessions. So those are all kind of overall risk factors that may indicate that somebody might be having some suicide related thoughts. So we want to pay attention to their talk, their mood, and their behavior. And if there's changes in those, then we really want to zero in on that. Now, in regards to suicide, I I had gone through a personal situation several years ago where a dear friend of mine had taken his life by suicide and had wrestled through a lot of the mythology that was wrapped around suicide. What are three common myths that people believe regarding suicide? Some of the three that come to mind are that asking about suicide will put that idea in somebody's head. This one I think is probably one of the most important ones that I usually try and and explain. Research actually indicates that asking someone about suicide actually might reduce their suicidal thoughts and it gives them an opportunity to talk about the difficulties they're experiencing. So if somebody isn't thinking about suicide, asking them directly, hey, are you having thoughts of suicide? Will not all of a sudden give them that idea. Another one is that People who threaten suicide are just attention-seeking. In reality, people who say they want to end their lives should always be taken seriously. Statements about being suicidal are not attention-seeking, but are rather help-seeking. And finally, most suicides happen without warning. So that's another common myth. There are often warning signs before suicide attempts or deaths. However, these signs may go unrecognized, which is why it's important for us to learn some of those signs that we had mentioned before to try and help be on the lookout for potential suicide-related thoughts. So we've paid attention to the talk and the mood and behavior that might be changing with one of our loved ones or a coworker or someone that is in our lives. We've navigated through some of those myths and debunked what that might look like. And have come to the point where we really want to address this with someone. What are some unhelpful and helpful things to say to someone who may be considering suicide? Yeah, that's really great to keep in mind. So I said, you know, talking and asking about suicide directly is super important. So one of the most unhelpful things to do is to be indirect and then to also be judgmental. So an example of this that comes up a lot with people is asking, you're not going to do something stupid, are you? So that kind of statement has two layers of issues with it. So one, it isn't direct, right? It's, you're not asking directly about suicide or thoughts of death. Additionally, it sounds a little bit judgmental and it's not really encouraging the in- individual to be honest in their response to you. So that 
question may not be the most helpful way to ask about suicide. Instead, it's better to be direct. For example, asking the question, are you thinking about killing yourself? This can lead to an open and honest dialogue that allows you to be more empathetic. It allows the person to feel a little bit more safe in having that conversation with you and being honest. So the direct approach is always best and, and most helpful regarding that question. I know it's a really uncomfortable question for a lot of folks to ask, and the importance of being able to save a life really should kind of push us past that uncomfortability. As you mentioned earlier, it really does offer hope and reduce those suicidal thoughts that someone might be wrestling with, just asking the question. Now, we are coming to the end of hopefully what is our pandemic season, and things are starting to loosen up a little bit in our society, and people are starting to go out more. But we know that COVID-19 has really caused a shift in our mental health as a nation and as a world. How has COVID affected suicide rates? That's a great question, especially because, as you mentioned, the pandemic has definitely affected the way that we view mental health in this country. But in 2020, an article published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, also known as JAMA, psychiatry by Reger and colleagues actually talked about how social distancing interventions implemented to decrease that transmission of COVID-19, while necessary, pose the potential for secondary consequences, such as negative mental health outcomes and leading to potentially suicide deaths. Given that duration and severity of the pandemic, it's understandable that we're going to see increased rates of anxiety and depressive symptoms. However, what we're trying to look at is, are those increased rates translating into increased deaths, right? And so it is really exciting to see that preliminary data released by JAMA indicated that there are actually fewer suicides in 2020 when compared to 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's really exciting and and really hopeful. There are a couple of things, though, that we need to keep in mind when we're looking at that data. First of all, it's preliminary data, so it could change once we kind of have that data finalized. The other thing is that we were looking at death counts and not necessarily rates. So there could be differences between those as the rates take into account changes in population size and some other factors that may actually end up changing the way that we view the data. But overall, you know, it is showing us that maybe some of our interventions are helpful and that we're seeing a decrease in those suicide rates. I will say when we look at the data in Florida, we're seeing similar kind of counts as what was reported in that JAMA. So Florida's look like is about kind of in that national realm as well. Another thing to keep in mind is that when we're looking at the full aggregate data, that may paint a different picture than when we look at different demographic groups, different age groups and different population sizes and things like that. So we're trying to monitor the data that's available. And we're working to partner with state agencies to help us improve the utility of that information to best inform our suicide prevention practices. Overall, to say, we're not seeing an overall increase, which provides some hope for us. Yeah, some potential good news. Well, that's good to hear. And hopefully it, it continues to show historically that things have improved and that our efforts are really, uh, really working. So, We always want to end every episode, really, with a crescendo of hope. How would you provide hope to someone who is struggling with a mental health challenge? I would definitely, first off, just always remember that feelings are valid. So if any somebody is struggling, 
talking about them and about their feelings can be uncomfortable, but it's really important to be empathetic and to offer that validation when hearing about their feelings and experiences. So knowing that what they're going through is real and doing your best to support them in that moment. Always trying to treat that person with dignity and respect and importantly, being patient. So recognizing that that person is where they are and not necessarily where you want them to be. And of course, when facing challenges, we're often inclined to focus on what we can't do, the pessimistic viewpoint. However, to promote kind of our mental well-being, it's helpful to shift that focus to our strengths and encourage those around us to do the same. So kind of focusing on what is going well and some of their strengths that they have within them. And finally, I always try and push the message of knowing the resources that are available to you. Um, there's a lot of resources out there and a lot of availability for, for different things, depending on what you're looking for. So being proactive in knowing some of those resources. Excellent. That's a good word. So if someone or a family member wanted to learn more about services that are available, where would they find more information? Yeah. So our statewide office for suicide prevention does have a webpage. It houses a lot of different resources for suicide prevention across different populations, includes stress coping strategies, options for mental health services, and recommendations for kind of specific groups. So that's kind of housed within our website. In addition, there's no-cost mental health and substance use counseling medication and services for our low-income families and individuals needing help as a result of the pandemic. That's available through Empower, that's spelled I-M-P-O-W-E-R, and that's a Florida nonprofit organization. So they're providing free services. And of course, you can always dial 211 on your phone. That will get you connected with a local call center who can provide you referrals to a variety of services, including suicide prevention and mental health and counseling services. And then finally, always, whenever we're talking about suicide, we want to make sure to talk about the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They can be reached 24-7, and their number is 1-800-273-TALK. Excellent, Anna. Thank you so much for your time. And we're going to provide those links on our Facebook page for Mind Redefined, Lifting the Stigma Around Mental Health. And so if you are curious about finding those resources online, we will share that in regards to myflfamilies.com backslash suicide dash prevention. And as well as you had mentioned the empower Florida or I-M-P-O-W-E-R-F-L.org. Thank you for those numbers again. And Anna, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate your insight and expertise. Hopefully our listeners can benefit with the information that's been provided. And as you mentioned, that they can become more knowledgeable in regards to this area. So thank you again for your time. I hope to have you back on again in the future. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking with you. Thank you, Anna.